Welcome to episode number 86 of Spiritual Confidence Podcast. I'm Karen Barno, your host. This episode I actually did as a Facebook Live over on my free Facebook group, Spiritual Confidence. And I was talking about why people are people pleasers. I used to be a people pleaser on steroids. And so the topic has always fascinated me. And I, I think I've come up with a couple reasons. Um, usually, you know, obviously shadows from, from the past. So I did a, a video. I thought it was really good. So I wanted to share it over here on my podcast. Let me know what you think. Put If you're watching this on Apple, you can write it in the reviews. If you're on YouTube, you can put it there. Thanks a lot. Here is why are people, people, why are people, people pleasers. Here's to building your confidence and finding your blue rose. Let me know what you guys think. Hello and how are you? Let's talk today about being a people pleaser. Hello, how are you? Let's talk today about being a people pleaser. Where does it come from? I have wrestled with this for years. First of all, I used to be, and can still tend that way, to be a people pleaser on steroids. You know, it's, I can remember driving once in traffic and getting mad because I had to let the person in the other lane get in front of me. And I realized, Karen, you don't have to do that. You chose to do that. And why you would choose to do that is beyond me because you were in a hurry and this car is putting down the road. I was such a people pleaser that I had to please strangers on a highway that I don't even know. And I've spent a long time, I've podcast on this topic, trying to figure out where was the genesis of this? Where did it get started? And it, it's a point in my childhood that I actually remember, but I never really thought that that's where being not worthy and not good enough comes from. And you know, years ago when I was a child, my dad worked evening shifts. So he would call home on his lunch break. He got a half hour lunch break. And so there's three kids and my mom. So there's four of us he's got to mow through in a half hour plus eat his lunch. So by the time he would get to me, it was like, hi, how are you? Good day. He would spend time with my brother doing homework. He would spend time with my sister. She was a smart one doing homework with her. So by the time he got to me, he was just out of time. I, don't, I can't tell you. I interpret it to mean I wasn't worthy. I wasn't good enough to practice homework with me, that I had to figure it out on my own. And that's why the result was I graduated in the bottom 5% of my high school class. I mean, when I left the stage, I had to look to see if my diploma was signed because nobody was paying attention to whether I did homework or not. And I know you would think, well, you should have you know, been disciplined on your own. Trust me, when you're in third or fourth grade, you're not all that disciplined. Especially you don't understand the importance of homework. You just know it's something you have to do and you get it over with. But when nobody was paying attention, my dad was at work. My mom was very disengaged in the whole homework process. You know, she was, you know, much more into that, you know, Perry Mason and that kind of stuff that I just basically was on my own and I never studied. And I would bring home these horrendous report cards. It wasn't like I was getting a's and b's i was getting d's and f's and they would just sign it and shrug their shoulders because i had a speech impediment i don't know i never could figure it out and they have since passed for me to ask you know what was it that you didn't think i was smart enough but i interpreted that as being not good enough and not worthy so how that exploded into my life was you know i had a lifelong weight problem but on top of that i have been on an education spiral since then meaning i read copious books i probably read two or three books at a time 
I've got a college degree. I've got college classes just to take because why not? I have spent my whole life trying to prove how much smarter I was. And I would go to meetings to this day and people would be like, well, you're not good at math. I'm not good at math, but I do want you guys to know that I have 24 credits. You know, I have accounting one, accounting two, finance, stats, stats. I have one of the 24 credits, now I think about it. But I had to always prove that I was the smartest person in the room. When I probably, just being a human 80% of the time, I probably wasn't. You know, but it was my, my driven goal to be the smartest person in the room to prove everybody wrong, but also be this major people pleaser because that's how I found my value, my worth. And, I, and I'm hoping this resonates with some of you. I hope you're listening to this and saying, well, wait a second, I'm kind of like that. Because people pleasing is pretty predominant in women between the advertising and the clothing, what people say to us, you know, we just a lot of times connect with, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, you know, I'm never gonna be like, you know, the perfect guy because I'm a girl, any of that. And we become these people pleasers and we end up in these jobs that we really don't wanna be in. Fortunately for me, I'm not, I ended up in the perfect job for me, just the university, universe serendipitously is like, you know, we gotta take care of this one because otherwise I don't know. But I, I mean, I coach so many women that are just like, I just don't like my life. And when you get to the bottom, it's like they don't feel worthy to raise their hand and say, I need more money. I deserve more money. I deserve a better job. I deserve my own business. I deserve a better marriage, better weight, better health. Because they're so busy people pleasing and taking care of everybody else that they're not taking care of themselves. And most of the people I coach that come to me for weight issues is once we get to the, the crux of the you didn't feel worthy at the dinner table or you didn't feel, you know, you got trash mercilessly over your weight. I mean, I have a friend whose father made her weigh in every night before dinner. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy shit that happens out there and that weighs on you. That as you get older though, you have to start unraveling this big ball of caca. And that's why I help coach women to help them unravel it, to get to the bottom of where this unworthiness, not good enough, not smart enough, not bright enough, not pretty enough comes from. Because when you can find the genesis, when you can find the root, when I realized that it was all in that one phone call, I mean, every night he came home and every night he'd have like a minute for me and that was it. When I realized that, that deep down that permeated in my soul and my father and I were never close. And I think a lot of that was, I just pulled back like, okay, the only way we got close, which is even in a lot of ways worse off, is I would drink with him because he was a big, not a, he was a big drinker, let's be honest. And so I would sit and drink beers with him and developed you know, a bit of a drinking problem in my younger years because I also equated that with love because when we drank watching sports or drank, you know, just uh, drink and watch Jeopardy, he was, it was positive. It was, you know, oh, you're, you know, you're a good old girl. You know, let's go stop at the bar on the way home and that kind of stuff, I equated alcohol with, with being worthy, with being good enough. And it didn't, it took me years to realize that drinking alcohol doesn't make you good enough. You are good enough. You were good enough the minute you were born. You are good enough, you're worthy the minute you walked on this earth because God doesn't make people that aren't worthy. God doesn't put you down on this earth and say, okay, you're the one who's not worthy. Everybody else, the other billion people on this planet are, but you're the one that's not. Or, you're the one that's not you know, good enough or smart enough. You're, that's not true. 
It's the programming that was put into our minds as children that we forget. We don't even realize where it came from. I mean, I used to have a, a horrible drinking problem until I realized where it was coming from. It was like seeking approval. It was the only way I knew I could get approval. And when I left home, you know, joined the military and left home, I hardly talked to my dad after that. He was a great guy. I mean, when he died, everybody told me how amazing he was. I mean, a funeral home guy knew him better than I did. And I can remember sitting there planning his funeral with my sister, my mom and I, and I'm looking around the room saying, this is incredible to me. That, you know, you're sitting there telling me stuff about my dad, I didn't know. I mean, I do have good stories about him, and you know, he was a, he was a great provider. He took good care of us. I mean, we had a nice house, nice clothes, loving family. I mean, we didn't want for much, but attention to feel worthy. So when you're trying to figure out why you do something, you gotta take that trip down memory lane to see what, what memory pops into your head every time you think about it. Because buried in that memory is your why. Buried in that memory is that little thing. And I thought about him, you know, I teased my sister because she was the smart one. It's like, yeah, dad always had time to talk to you. And we've joked about it for years, but I never realized what that, was, what that did. Never, and I mean, she has issues with the phone call as well, which is surprising me. And if she's watching this, she's probably laughing. It's just, if you're doing something that you think, you know, you question, or it's not the best behavior or the best health or whatever, let's talk. Let's figure this out. I'm doing a group coaching. It starts in a couple weeks. Um, I think I actually have to move the date because of the elections that kind of created the week after that is pretty crazy. So it'll probably either be the 15th or the 22nd, not 100% sure, I know. But if you want a one-on-one -on -one coach with me, go to my website and check it out. I do a great 90-day one-on-one coaching. But as I said, I will be offering group coaching. Unravel the mystery. The, the Karen that I am now versus the Karen I was when I started on this journey six, seven years ago versus the Karen I was two years ago are worlds apart because I started to figure out how to unravel the shadows, how to look within, how, how to really look within. So like I said, if you, if you need any help or anything, message me, email me, put in the comments here. You know, I'm on all the, you know, I'm on TikTok, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm here. You can always go over to LinkedIn and message me over there. I know messaging on Facebook is dicey because you get so many crazy people messaging you. Put it in the comments or, you know, whatever. I want to help women understand. I want to lead them in developing an understanding to, by recognizing what's taking place within, reclaiming that voice, reclaiming that story and telling a better story so you can reignite your possibilities and reignite your power because you're here to be great. You are great. You just need to step into it. So I hope this helped you guys. If you have any questions, again, put it in the comments. If you need anything at all, reach out to me. And if you have questions about my group coaching, DM me or go to my website. There's a link to, I think, on the Facebook thing of Bob. Let me know. Because when you realize why you do what you do, it's life-changing. So I hope this helped. I'm glad you're in my group, Spiritual Confidence. And here's to you finding your blue rose. Have a great day, y'all.